Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Yes, for do not be weary in well-doing. For many now are experiencing the greatest dimension of weariness they've ever had to fight in their life. They're thinking, Lord, the road is steep and rocky and the way is difficult. But the Spirit of God wants to remind you that you're closer now to breakthroughs of increase, revival and awakening, harvest in the earth, manifestations of my word and power, and my embracing of all of that which you have obeyed me to do. Sure, there's weariness as you battle in the Spirit, as you hold and push back darkness as it tries to come upon the earth, into your lives and into your church. But this day, be encouraged that you're right there at the finish line. The time in which the kick takes in and a new energizing, a new spiritual adrenaline kicks into your heart. And through your worship and through your praise and through your consistency in the things of God, you shall cross the finish line strong and the breakthroughs of God shall manifest and the weariness shall recede and the glory and the joy of God shall be in your midst. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now lift your hands and thank God for that. Thank God for that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Rob, lift your hands up. The Spirit of God's got some special grace for you right now. Some special grace. Things from heaven falling down into your life. Empowering you. Hallelujah. Empowering you. Not just to take what's coming or to go through what's coming, but to rise above and enter into a new dimension of serving God like you never have before in your life. And the great dreams of your heart, which have developed in the past few months, are not ego or imagination, but it is God speaking to you in your heart, saying this is the potential of your life to do that, which I've called you to do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Since your wife is standing with you right there. Look at me, sweetheart. The Spirit of God says to you, more than just healing, wholeness. A complete wholeness. Now this is what the Lord says. A removal of the effect of what you've gone through in every area of your mind and your body so that you know I'm not just getting along waiting for something else to happen. I'm whole. All the assembly of parts put back together and complete in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Now rejoice. Come on, you can all have that. Everybody receive that. Everyone receive that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, the Lord is good. Oh, the battle is not ours. It's the Lord's. Let's rejoice in our victories. Let's rejoice in our victories. Come on, let's rejoice in our victories. We thank you, Lord. We worship you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Well, praise God. You may be seated. Let's study the Word for just a few moments together. Mark chapter 4. 
I love to study the Word of God as a minister or just as a believer. We are instructed by God there in 1 Timothy to study. How many realize that? Each and every one of us study to show ourselves approved, workmen unto God that uh, can rightly divide the word of truth, that we need not be ashamed. Amen? Amen. And you know, uh, especially in ministry, most ministers, they, they study. And, and I'm, no, I'm no different. I'm, I'm going through this Passion Bible. I about got torn to pieces and, and uh, enjoying this, this particular uh, translation. But years ago, actually, uh, uh, 31 years ago, in the nation of Ireland, we just saw Pastors Ryan and Kimberly Penn there in Ireland. I began to minister in Ireland in 1988. And back then, I, uh, I was just a preacher. That's all. I didn't claim to be a, an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher of any kind. I didn't, I didn't put any label upon myself. I just went out and preached what I knew, preached the gospel, and that's what I did. And a particular evening... Uh, at a home there in, in Ireland, actually in a, in a town almost geographically in the, in the center of Ireland called Athlone, Ireland. Uh, I was uh, uh, talking with some missionaries there, and the Spirit of God fell on me in a, a very unusual way. And anytime God ministers to you like that, you ought to ask Him, now what's the purpose for this? And I went back into my room where I was staying and got on my knees, and I began to pray. I said, Lord, what is this? This is physical. It's tangible. I can sense it. I felt it when it came into me. Physically felt it when it came into me. I physically sense it in my spirit. Now, what is this? And the Lord says, you have stepped into the office of a teacher. And I said, Lord, well, I'll have to, uh, you'll have to help me with that, understand that. So over the years, he's helped me understand what it means to teach by that office in which many times the office of a teacher does not teach by study. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not against study. I study all the time. As a pastor, I study. As a Christian, I study. But there are times when, when the, in which the inspiration of a teacher kicks in. And it's, uh, there, I wish I could take you on one of those trips with me. I mean, it's, it's one of the most amazing things to open a Bible and to see like the hand of God take like a puzzle and put it together and say, now, this is what I want you to feed the flock today. Man, I know God always has something, something special for us when he does that. Amen? And I thank God for when he does it. Now, Mark chapter 4, the end of Mark chapter 4, we're going to study. It's in the, in the uh, Passion Bible, the, the, the title of it, Jesus Stills a Storm. Everybody say, Stills a Storm. Now, we know we've, uh, this has been a phenomenal year with, with uh, tropical activity. I know that we begin to pray back in the spring against the storms. And, and uh, you know, every one of them, when they first got going, they're going to come to Galveston, they're going to come to Galveston. I don't know why. They just always try to put a bullseye on us uh, unless, you know, it's the devil. Amen. And uh, we've prayed. And then this current one uh, that we've been praying over, it's amazing exactly what we've been praying in the prayer meeting, the stirring of prayer that we've had back in the, uh, in the uh, children's church. Uh, uh, exactly what we've prayed is what's happened to this storm. The dry air of a cold front has come. And they're saying this, as it approaches the coast, that dry air is going to increase more and more and more. It cannot form. It cannot strengthen. Now, it may dump some rain, but it's literally just taking the life out of it. You say, now you really think a church did that? Hey, absolutely not. God does that. But we pray. Amen. We pray and believe God. Now what's unique about this particular story about the storm that Jesus steals 
is in the previous part of the chapter, last part of chapter 3 into, into chapter 4, Jesus does an enormous amount of teaching. Many of the parables, uh, the, 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 the parable of the sower, the parable of the lamp, the parable of the growing seed, the parable of the mustard seed, always Jesus teaching those parables. So he was imparting information, imparting information, and then Mark chapter 5 is the great miracle chapter of the gospel of Mark where Jesus overcomes demons, disease, and death. So we've got, here we are, teaching, 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 and then all of a sudden we're going to go over here and we're going to start demonstrating, demonstrating, demonstrating. Because the gospel is a proclamation and demonstration of the life and power and word of God. Can I get a better amen than that? Now, pick it up here in the scripture in, in uh, what's that, verse 35. Here we go. Later that day, after it grew dark, now remember I'm reading the Passion Translation. After it grew dark, Jesus said to his disciples, let us cross over to the other side, other side of the lake. Now, in this request, in this command of the Lord Jesus Christ, what he's basically saying is a geographical relocation. We're going to make a journey. We're going to go from this side of the lake to the other side of the lake. Amen? Now, if they're going to go with Jesus... They're going to have to get in the boat and go with it. So how many want to go with Jesus? I mean, you want to go with Jesus. So they're obedient. They get into the boat. It says after they had sent the crowd away, they shoved off from the shore with him. And as he had been teaching from the boat, and there were with him other boats uh, that sailed with them. And then the next word is this. Suddenly, suddenly, as they were crossing the lake, a ferocious tempest arose with violent winds and waves that were crashing into the boat until it was all but swamped. Now, you would think that if you, if I just obey God, everything's going to be great. <laughs> Amen? Well, here are these guys. They're obeying Jesus. Let's do what Jesus says. Jesus says, let's go to the other side. Man, there must be something on the other side. So off we go. And as they went, actually, you can study several tra translations and you can study several different commentaries. And one true Greek uh, one of the true Greek translations says this, a tempest of demonic design came suddenly upon them, producing wind and massive waves that beat upon the boat. Of demonic design. Now even, listen, if you go and study weather, I like to study weather, weather has a pattern to it. We know the patterns of our seasons, of fall, winter, spring. Uh, I know that in some of the tropical latitudes of the earth, uh, it's, it's not that, uh, you know, there's not that much of a drastic change in seasons, but they do have change of seasons. And uh, uh, the hurricane, the typhoon, the cyclone is a complete anomaly. It goes completely against the ebb and flow of nature and weather. It is a reversal, the counterclockwise movement of the, of the hurricane, of the of the typhoon of the cyclone is a complete reversal of the common flow of, of weather. It is demonic. He said, now how did all that start? It started back in the fall. When, back in the fall, not, not the fall of the year, but when mankind fell in the garden, the earth fell, the weather fell, the animal kingdom fell, the insect kingdom fell, everything fell. The Bible said thorns begin to grow, even on the most beautiful plants, thorns begin to grow. Amen. 
Leah has a plant. We have it in the front of the house now. We've grown it since she got it. It was kind of small. It's called crown of thorns. It's one of the most beautiful plants I've ever seen. It grows and it blooms. And when it blooms, it, it, it grows a complete ring of red around the uh, part of the plant. It's been in bloom all summer long, but it's got some of the nastiest thorns you've ever seen in your life. You're not going to reach in there and touch that thing. Those thorns, they'll stick you. That's part of the fall. I'm looking forward to when we get back to rule and reign for a thousand years, we're going to come back and there's going to be our crown of thorns and there's not going to be any thorns on it. Amen. Look at that pretty flower right there. Amen? That's part of the fall. That's what storms are. Now, all of us are subject to storms in our lives. There are storms that rise up. There are physical storms. There's financial storms. We go through storms as a church. But as a church, this is something unique in which the Spirit of God spoke to me. He said, you've been over on this side. You've been over on this side teaching, preaching, exhorting. I don't know how many different uh, continuing biblical education, CBE, all these. We've had Bible schools. We've had conferences. We teach, we preach, we teach. Well, listen, we're going to another side right now. Come on, church. We talked about it when we received the offering. The stirring of God, the memorial of God, our prayers and our giving. We're going over here to where there's going to be signs and wonders and miracles. Hurting people are going to come in. All the goodness of God's going to be a manifest. Listen, and I'm believing God for revival and awakening and harvest in the earth. And listen, this is something that's unique to our generation. I'm believing that that's why it's going to happen. Because of the supernatural. Because of the power of God. Because the story's going out. If you've got cancer, go to Island Church. You'll get healed. Come on, church. But it also may be that because of what's going on in the earth, just out of fear, people are going to say, I've got to go to church. I've got to get to church, man. I'm telling you, there's stuff going on on this earth that I can't deal with. I've got to go to church. Thank God we're going to be ready. I said we're going to be ready for both crowds. We're going to be ready with the Word of God and with the peace of God that passes all understanding. And we may go through some storms getting to that other side, but the good news is God is the God of the storm. He knows how to calm the storms of our life. Suddenly, as they were crossing the lake, as they were obeying God, a ferocious tempest arose, a demonic manifestation of weather, violent winds and waves, crashing into the boat until it was all but swamped. I like this next verse. But Jesus, but Jesus was calmly sleeping in the stern, resting on a cushion. I said this in the earlier verse. I think it bears repeating. Jesus, you ready? Jesus, he is cool. He's not wringing his hands. What are we going to do? Oh, my God. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? He's not doing any of that. He's sleeping in the back of the boat. You say, why? He's not the man of peace. He is the prince of peace. Amen. Thank God. Any journey you make across any troubled waters, make sure Jesus is in your boat. Now, they did the right thing. Notice this. It says, so they shook him awake, saying, teacher, don't you even care that we're about to die? Fully awake, he rebuked the storm and shouted at the sea. Now I like this. Hush, calm down. Everybody say, hush. hush. Calm, down. calm down. If you've got any storm going on in your life right now, in your mind, in your finances, in your body, at your job, in your business, right now, holler, hush. hush. Calm down. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. I like that. I like this. Fully awake, 
He rebuked the storm and shouted to the sea, Hush, calm down. And all at once, the wind stopped howling and the water became perfectly calm. So just as suddenly as the storm came, suddenly the storm ceased to manifest. Now, now, now this is unique. This is a miracle outside the boundaries of their faith. Now, let me help you with this, because this is, this is why you need to stay closely connected, closely connected to God, closely connected to the stirrings of the church. We talk about the prayer thing that's happening back in the deal. It's, oh, I think we're getting into our 80th day of prayer and intercession. Tonight we'll pray about 6 o'clock if you want to come and just taste, take a taste of what we're doing, what's going on in the prayer meeting. I mean, it's phenomenal what God's doing. I have never experienced anything like that in my life, 80-something days of continual intercession and prayer. You can't do that on your own. Amen. So we're in the boat, and there's some storms going on, and the enemy's trying to do all kinds of crazy things. I'm telling you, there's economic storms, there's medical storms, there's social storms, there's political storms, there's, there's hurricane, real kinds of storms, physical Manifestations, the tide is rising, the rains are falling. Amen. You say, well, Pastor, you, we might get out into some areas beyond our own faith. The good news is, as long as he's in the boat, you're going to be okay. I heard a great old, old evangelist. Man, his, this guy, he was, he could preach. I'm telling you, this guy could preach. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Is R.W. Shambach. If you've never heard of him, go on the internet, listen to Brother Shambach preach. That guy could preach. And Brother Shambach, he, he used to preach this out of the King James on the two rebukes. He rebuked the sea, then he rebuked the disciples. Amen. He got up and rebuked them. He said, why do you have such little faith? Why are you so weak in faith is what one translation says. Why were you so afraid is what this one says. Why? Thank God they did not have the faith, but because he was in the boat, they still got the miracle. You need to hear that one again. Because they were still in the boat, because he was still in the boat, they woke up the Word, and the Word produced the miracle that their faith could. Sure, it would have been a great chapter in the Bible if Peter would have said, hey, look, man, Jesus, he, he, Jesus taught for four days around all those parables. Leave him alone. He told us what to do. Let's just stand here and tell this. You quit all that. You stop all that. Hush, be still. You're disturbing the Master. But they didn't do that. I said they didn't do that. And Jesus woke up, he rebuked the storm, and here's the good news. He's rebuking the storm of your life today as long as he remains in your boat. So let me wind this up. My time's about up. Obedience does not exclude us from storms. The demonic design of a storm is to get you to question the word. The demonic design of a... I know many times one of the greatest battles, I, I, and I, I, uh, I see this all the time, and I, as I talk to other ministers, talk to people, one of the greatest storms that's taking place right now is taking place in people's minds. I mean, the enemy is just bombarding people's minds. This, this huge avalanche of information on every subject and all the medical and political and this and that and, and uh, how we need to do this, need to do that. Listen, let me, just, let me just help you with something. You must believe God. Do you believe what they're saying about this? Political? No, I, I really don't know about that. I, I'm, not, I'm not using my belief muscle to stretch toward that. 
Well, what about this? They're, they're saying about this. I'm not using my belief strength to stretch toward that. I'm keeping all my strength for believing. Focused on the master. Well, I believe this or I believe that. Listen, quit exhausting your belief on things that won't even affect you. Let me try that again. Quit exhausting your belief on things that don't even affect you. Stay focused on the Word of God. Because as you believe the Word of God, the Word of God will bring you into a place of knowing. In that place of knowing, you know in whom you have believed. And He is able, amen, to do that which you've committed unto Him. You commit Him your health. You commit Him your finance. You commit to Him your family, your job, your business, your mind. You commit it to the Lord. You renew your mind with the Word of God. But here comes the enemy with this storm of thought. That just begins to come into your mind. I gotta be careful. I'll, I'll sit and watch a news news uh, broadcast, and then after about you know ten minutes, all of a sudden I, I see my mind getting real active. I say, where was where was uh, where was John Wayne at? I'll go back to the what was the one we were watching the other Fort Apache. We're going back to Fort Apache and see what's going on at Fort Apache. Amen. <laughs> be careful of the distractions of the storm. The distractions of the storm will always cause you to turn your head toward the storm and away from who's in your boat. But as long as Jesus is in your boat, you're not required to watch the storm. You're required to stay focused on him. And in here this morning, in the, in the house this morning, this is what we must understand. That on the other side in which they were commanded to go was the purpose and the provision of God for people who would otherwise have perished. The demoniac would have destroyed himself. The demoniac was a trophy of Satan. Why do you think this demonically inspired storm rose up? Because Satan could see a boat with the answer to this demoniac's dilemma headed for the shore where he lived. Did you get that? Here comes Jesus. The devil sees him. Here's my trophy. A man I've bound and put 6,000 demons in, tormenting his mind to the point that he cuts himself with stones. They've got to bind him with chains and nobody can do anything. And I use him to mock their inability to do anything about this man. And here comes Jesus. He's fixing to set this guy free and turn him into evangelist. Then there's a woman that's so desperate. She's been so sick for 12 years. Her blood has run out of her body. She'd suffered many things of many physicians. She was not any better. The last report was this. You're not better. You're getting worse. She's unable to pay the bill anymore because she'd spent all that she had. But she heard of Jesus. And the devil knew, I can destroy her. I can bleed her out. Nothing the doctors can do. But what's Jesus doing coming across that lake? Why my other trophy in which I'm trying to hold up and say, you'll never be healed. You'll live out your life. You'll be a reject. But here comes Jesus. And that woman, just because she heard of Jesus, it strengthened her resolve. And she touched his power and was made, not just healed, but whole of everything the devil tried to do to her. Then there was a desperate man who was the leader of a synagogue. And I don't know. I'd, I'd move heaven and earth to get my daughter healed. There's nothing I wouldn't do. I'd find the best doctors. I'd stay on my knees and intercede. 
I'd speak the word 24-7. I'd fight with everything that I had. One translation, one, one Bible commentary that I was reading after said when Jairus left the house, there was no hope of her surviving. And sure enough, even while he was there, he witnessed a mighty miracle and the woman being healed and they came to him with the report, why troublest thou the master any longer? Your daughter's now dead. But thank God Jesus was in the boat. I said, thank God Jesus was in the boat. Because Jesus said, don't be alarmed. Don't be seized with fear. Just keep on believing. He could have said, believe in what, Jesus? They've come with a report that my daughter's dead. Just keep on believing what brought you to me in the first place. You said, if I could get my hands on her, she shall live. So off they went to the house. The devil was ready for a funeral to hold up a trophy of death, stealing a 12-year-old, ever notice, have you studied the number 12, the completion number of 12, the number of government, how there were 12 tribes, there were 12 apostles, 12 disciples, how the little girl was 12, how the woman had been sick 12 years. But Jesus came across that ocean, excuse me, not the ocean, but the lake. The enemy did everything he could do to stop it because he knew once he gets there, I lose my trophies. I lose them. The same thing's true today. The trophies that the enemy has tried to set up in your life, that, that disease you've had to deal with for 25 years, that all you've been able to do is take a treatment. Every day you take that treatment. I guarantee you, you keep Jesus alive in your boat, and one day that treatment will be put aside, and you will declare your healing and your wholeness. You may have struggled financially your entire life and said, Pastor Rusty, I've, I've just barely paid my bills my whole life and sometimes not even done that. Get ready! As long as Jesus is in your boat. He will give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And you will get the financial breakthrough you need. And I guarantee you, the trophy of poverty the enemy has tried to set up in your life, Jesus will eradicate that and set you up as the blessed of God. You may say, Pastor, I've had trouble with oppression, thoughts in my mind, every kind of angle the enemy could come up with. He has come at me, but you've got Jesus in your boat. You keep coming to church. You come to prayer. You, 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 you come to communion. You worship God on your own. You read and study the Bible. You've got Jesus in your boat. Those mindsets of the enemy, those strongholds of the devil are being broken down and the breakthroughs in your mind are happening. And you're going to be freer than you've ever been of any of the oppression the enemy tries to put upon you in the days ahead. As a church, we've fought devils. We've preached the word. We've done wonderful missions work. But as a church, the enemy has risen up all kinds. He continues to try to stir. And he knows, man, if this church don't quit praying, if this church don't quit giving, they're going to get exactly what that book says. They're going to get that breakthrough. They're going to get that outpouring. They're going to get that awakening. So he comes and he probes us. And he looks for our weaknesses. And he tries to set up attacks in our minds and in our emotions and our attitudes. But as long as Jesus remains in the boat, we might have to do a little more waking up. We might get a little bit rebuked. But in the midst of it, we're going to end up on the other side. And the demon possessed are going to be delivered. The sick are going to be healed. And those that are not just dead physically, but dead spiritually, they're going to get born again. 
and we're going to see a wonderful move of God. Come on, lift your hands and thank God for His goodness. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, we worship you this morning, and we are obedient to you to go to the other side. Oh, there's an effort. And Lord, as your wonderful exhortation to us today, don't be weary in well-doing. We're not trying to row against the tide and the wind. We're not trying to bail the boat, get the water out. No, we're waking up the Word, waking up the Spirit amongst us, that, would work, that which would work in us, through us, and for us. Thank you, Father, for its power and its ability in Jesus. We're so thankful to be in your presence this morning. Thank you for a wonderful time. Lord, there may be a storm, but boy, we serve the God that stills the storm. And we thank you that every person here today is facing a personal storm. Thank you, Father. Hush, be still. <laughs> in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Suddenly, there is a great calm. Thank you for it, Father. Lord, as we leave today, we claim the protection and safety afforded us by the, by the word. No evil befalls us. No plague comes to our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Thank you, Father, in our travels, the highways, airways, seaways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation. We are the blessed of God. Thank you in the righteous labor of our hands. Lord, our contractors, those that work out in the ocean, those that work in the petrochemical plants, those that work in, work in medicine, all of our doctors, our nurses, we declare they are blessed, not subject to trauma, to terror, to evil plans of wicked men, not subject to viruses, even as, quote, flu season comes. No, we don't believe in flu season. We believe in Jehovah Rapha, the healer of the body of Christ and the hurting of the world. Thank you as we leave today. There's a door of utterance. Give us that compassion of God in our hearts. As we've been interceding and praying, you said when Zion travails, sons and daughters are born into the kingdom of God. We thank you, Heavenly Father. Lord, we remind you, next week, one of your premier evangelists will be here. And they're the neck throwers of the five-fold ministry. And I thank you, Father, that there will be a neck thrown and there will be a harvest received. Lord, as we leave today, we love you so much. We walk in faith and love towards you. We walk in love toward one another. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. Shout it out. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.